This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. And people are already testifying that they are seeing the hand of God in their lives. My prayer is that you will be amongst those who will come and testify this month. In the name of Jesus. Um, I'm very, very confident that with the face covering or whatever, you are allowed to say amen. I say you will testify this month. And your testimony shall be big in Jesus' name. So as I mentioned, I'll be sharing with you in the topic, fear. <laughs> the great entrance to fulfillment. And the subtitle can be, I will not fear. Um, as you know, normally don't give them what to sing. Everybody asks God to tell them. And so I'm sure God has gone ahead of us. So I'll quickly share with you under two main parts. The first being the Thanksgiving Sunday. We will praise God for previous, present, and future deliverance from fear. So we will praise God for previous present, and future deliverance from fear. And as I mentioned today, being a Thanksgiving Sunday, the first of the last three for this year, I want to thank God on your behalf for how he has delivered us from things that could have destroyed us. Not just the things that could have, but the fear that could have. Because how do I know? You are here today. You are not a nervous wreck. Neither have you lost it completely. Not that you have lost it at all. Amen. <laughs> uh, Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. It says, It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion fail not. Hallelujah. So, that you are standing here today or sitting wherever you are and nobody is attending unto you despite all the fears that you have probably gone through, I want to thank God on your behalf. Do you agree with me? How do I know that I need to thank God on your behalf before I go to the second part of the message? I know because the bad things you feared will happen to you. Many of that did not happen. Are you aware of that? Many of you in the past... Ten months of the year, you thought that it would be over. The sister testified far away in Nigeria that she thought actually she would die. Believe you me, it's a real fear. Um, you had it. Every, I mean, we can't bury our head in the sand. What is going on in the world? Uh, leader of a great country in the world. Um, he said, am I going to die? <laughs> so of all the things that was afflicting him, fear was a major part. And so, then God has been delivering us from things that within, I pray, you won't die. And I pray for as many, especially in the household of faith, because the Bible asked me to force, do good unto those in the household of faith. So, my primary concern is you. Amen. <laughs> and everyone listening today. God has been gracious to us. Psalm 56, verse 2 and 3 and verse 13. Psalm 56, verses 2 and 3 and verse 13. Tells us the story of the man David. 
He says, my enemies will hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me almost time. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. And then in verse 13, he concluded after saying many things. He said, you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living? How do I know that I need to thank God for you today? Because you have hope for a better tomorrow against all that you are seeing at the moment. You may have your moments. I may have my moments. But believe you me, hope. It's a major part of what has kept us going. Hallelujah. You are hanging in there, aren't you? Somehow you are. Who's made that possible? It's the Lord. And I need to really thank God for you on that, that you have not been so blinded because, you know, so much of fear is stopping many people from entering to where they ought to be. But for some reason, you have at least scaled some of that fear and you will continue to scale them. I just throw two, two more in quickly. Why do I need to thank God for delivering you previously from fear? Because you can sin today. And you are still competitive in the race of life. Amen? You are still fighting. Are you not? He said that you are feeling pain is a sign that you are still alive. If you woke up this morning and you say, Ah, Lord, this matter, Lord, this matter is because you are alive. I'm not satisfied with this part of my life. I'm not satisfied with that. Just because you are still alive. There are some people, they don't have any feeling anymore. They don't have any spiritual feeling. They don't have any emotional feeling about anything. They get drunk. They mess around. They do everything. They feel nothing. You know what? They are dead. So if you woke up discontented this morning with where you are, emotionally, physically, materially, in your relationship, whatever, it's because you are still alive. And I want to say thank God on your behalf. Amen. Finally, I can see that shame and disastrous plan of the enemy has not materialized in your life. And I thank God for you. All that he has planned that you will never be able to raise your head. It has somehow not come to pass. He ain't going to come to pass. He that deliver you continue to deliver you. Amen. Aren't you happy that we have something to thank God on your behalf for? All right, let me now go to what probably will a little bit touch us more. So, first part is a praise for delivering us from previous, present, and future fear. All right? The second part is prayer for deliverance from fear. Amen. Prayer for deliverance from fear. If you want to give a test to this message, we go to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6 through to verse 8. Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through to 8. He said, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes before you. Be strong and take courage. Do we know it? Do not fear, oh, be dismayed. For the Lord we go before you and in spirit we show the way so be strong and take courage do not fear or be dismayed for the Lord we go before you Don't sing integrity songs anymore. How many of you grew up on integrity song? Your Christian life. Ah, good. Hallelujah. God bless you. It's an old integrity song. Uh, I want you to sing that 
pull it up before the end of the service for me. I would really love to see that. Be strong and of good courage. Amen. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God, he is one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with these people to the land where the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. What are you doing in the hall if you are not just following me? I said the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. I said that to myself. Do not fear or be dismayed. That was why Joshua got to the land. Because his father prayed for him. He said, do not fear. He said, the only thing that will stop you from entering the land of promise. Amongst many things. But number one is fear. Because later on, God spoke directly onto Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1. And he was talking to him. He said, be strong and of a good courage. But of course, Moses had prayed for him. He said, do not fear. You will not fear. I will not fear. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because life experiences, they vary. There are some things that you are able to confront yesterday. Today you can't confront them. That is life. Nobody is perpetually fearless or strong. Nobody. One of the toughest men in scripture, if I were to ask you, who are one of the strongest men in scripture? Anybody? One of the toughest men in scripture. Number one, David. So let's settle for David since you gave me David. He's the one I have anyway. David one day was very strong and he killed a lion. Another day he was very strong and he killed who? And another day he escalated and he killed Goliath was both physically more than a lion and a bear. There's no more how big a bear is that could have been as tall as nine feet. It's not possible. The breath of the chest of the man. So physically, Goliath was far, far bigger than the bear, which was bigger than the lion. And on top of that, Goliath had weapon. On top of that, Goliath had intelligence. He can dodge. He can maneuver. He can use psychological warfare. But David still brought who down? Goliath. And you now can now say, there's nobody David cannot destroy. Are you ready to say that? A man then came called Saul. And he became Jenny. Even his followers said, kill the man. He just could not. He just had the fear of Saul. That he himself was found inexplicable. Some of you are like that. Anybody, you can talk anyhow to them, but there's somebody somewhere, maybe, before. There's not because they have anything, not because they are stronger physically or intellectually or materially than you. You just can't get over them. They usually say they have something on you. That was exactly what. If God did not take Saul out of the way for David, Saul would have gotten David. He took God himself to just, and not just him, and also Joshua had to, sorry, Jonathan had to go. How do I know that the family of Saul were to be a perpetual thorn in the side of that guy in an unwinnable battle? The Bible says to me in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, he said there was a long battle between the household of Saul and of David, but the house of Saul grew stronger. Sorry, the house of David grew stronger and the house of Saul grew what? Weaker and weaker. 
Because even was it not Abner was on the household of Saul, kept still fighting. What I'm talking you to you about is that don't worry. You may have been the strong. I'm not in the category of David physically, to be honest. Possibly except for Christ in me, not in the category of David spiritually. So if you are sitting greater than David, you say there's no need. You will never fear. Every, oh, well, thank God for your life. But I assure you, remember David. There was a time in his life. And so that's why we need to pray that God will deliver us from fear. Does that make sense to somebody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe family, maybe friend, maybe co-worker. Immediately they talk, you jelly. <laughs> That's stopping today. In the name of Jesus. It's going to be situations for some people. Might be public speaking, traveling, daily work. Anything it could be that you can deal with any other things, but you can't deal with that. So quickly, because of our time, I will talk to you about three kinds of bad fear we face that can hinder us from reaching our goal. And I will tell you about the remedy for them. And also, there's one kind of good fear that I won't talk about today because it's outside the scope of this message, and you know that that is the fear of God. Amen? It's a good fear, but that's going to be a definitely a topic for another day. I can't squeeze that in this one. So what are the three kinds of bad fear that we face and we must overcome so that we can enter into our land of fulfillment and promise. Number one, fear of what a person is seeing. Fear of what you are seeing. Fear of what you are hearing. Fear of what you can smell around you. Fear. Fear of is tangible. You can see it. You can see it. It's not, it's not a fluke. It's there. It's there. This is a universal experience. No one is immune or shielded from this. And please, I beg you, and I used to do that a lot. I have, I'm, I'm learning to stop. Never tell anybody who is confronting fear and tell them, don't be afraid or stop. Or why are you afraid? Why? You know, don't be afraid. You can tell them, encourage them not to be afraid. But don't ask why are you afraid. If they're going to answer you, they say, well, I hope you got eyes to see. Well, I'm afraid is before me. Hey, well, I'm afraid is this sickness. Well, I'm afraid is, uh, is this financial mess. Are you asking me why I'm afraid? Can't you see? If you can't see, can't you hear what I've been telling you? Don't tell anybody why you're afraid. Don't tell anybody why you're afraid. Some fears are very visible. And they are obvious. Some people, they go through bad dreams all the time. Even the apostles in Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. When they confronted imprisonment and incarceration, they feared. What does it say? Now, Lord... In verse 29, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus Christ. And in verse 31, and when they had prayed, hallelujah, he said, Lord, embolden us, take fear away, give us boldness, embolden us. That's a saying in vernacular. Yoruba, they say, when a child gets to the place of fear, he will fear. You know, many a time people say, oh, can I? And you see fear, you will fear. God just needs to be there with you. May you not see things that will make you afraid. Or when you see them, may you rise above them. You rise above them. And nobody should ever, ever act in such a manner of that, I see them. Ah, ah. We are no longer slaves to fear. Uh, fear of situation may come, but we shall rise above them in the name of Jesus. So, 
What is the remedy because of our time? What do we need to do when we are confronted with fear that are obvious, they're tangible, we can feel them, we can touch them? Manage and control your fear. Turn to God. Look up to God. Struggling to look away from the problem is hard. Did you hear me? Struggling to look away from the problem is what? Is hard. So, many a times we keep trying to say, you know, I won't do this, I won't do that. No, that's not the problem. The problem is not you trying not to do it. The problem is what I call substitution. Try and do something else. So, and it might not work immediately. You might not think, you might think it's not working. So if a person is going through a very terrible time with finances or whatever, and you have tried and tried, you have constantly, because it's about meditation. It's whatever it meditates in a person's heart that will fill the person. So if I meditate on the problem, the problem will fill my heart, the problem will go bigger. But if I meditate on the word of God, the word of God will grow bigger and will fill my heart. So when I'm confronted with fear, let the fear be there. I'm not, I'm not denying it. I'm not looking away. But through that fear, I begin to see God. I begin to talk more about the greatness of God. This morning, I just, after I got into the office a little bit earlier, I wanted to pray the word of the Lord unto me is that I should just dance sometimes. I started dancing in the office and God was being magnified the more. It might look hard. The sister said she could not pray. She could only what? Praise God. And <laughs> where prayer is greater than praise. I hope you know there's none. And God was bringing back to my mind that when many of us were growing up spiritually many years back, our emphasis was on don'ts, uh, the don'ts and strong, heavy on repentance, which is, uh, repentance, which is good. But thank God for the men like, you know, Daddy Gio, who has encouraged us. He said, if you praise God, he said, the ah, majority of his time is praising God. I'm finding a lot of lifting in praise. I'm finding a lot of purifying in praise. So, rather than concentrate on the thing that is making you fearful, develop an attitude of praise. The devil will tell you that it's not going to work. The devil will tell you that you are just concocting something. The devil will tell you you are in denial. The devil will tell you everything. He say, yes, I'd rather praise God than begin to praise the problem. You heard that said before. Don't tell God how big your problem is. What is the conclusion? Tell your problem how big your God is. And fear must automatically melt away. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Our Lord Jesus Christ used that very well. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. What did he say? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He had a goal. He had a place of fulfillment to go. But thank God he got there. Hallelujah. Just focus on Jesus. You can study it or look at that later on. Matthew chapter 14, 28 to 31. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 14, 28 to 31. That was the story about Peter walking on the water. The Bible said when the storm was raging left, right, and center, he took his eyes away from Jesus essentially. And when he saw the storm, he began to fear and he started to sink. They asked the man that walked through the Niagara Falls. And believe you me, I mean, Niagara Falls, even if you are many feet away, if you are somebody like me that does not like height, you need to start to pull him back. And this guy stretched a rope across the Niagara Falls and he walked on it 
without, I think you just have really balancing pull. And no harness, no, I don't, do they say a lot of things like that now with health and safety? I don't think nobody allows that. I mean, these are dear devils, they do all sorts of things. Long story cut short, they asked him, I said, how do you do it? How do you, how do you work? And, and I think the man typified all tightrope worker. During all of us through life, there are many times that we walk through tightrope. It's the same principle we should use. Life is a tightrope. And so he said, how do you do it? Say, it's a long distance to go, to walk across the length of that fall. <laughs> the man said, no, he said, he just, he only concerned the next step. Most of the time, he said he does not even know he has come to the end of it. They never celebrate before the end. They're only interested in one thing, the next step. So he's not looking down, he's not looking left, he's not looking right, he's not looking forward. He's looking at the next step, at the next step. Oh God, that you teach me to look at the next step. That I'll concentrate on what I need to do for the rest of today. That I need to concentrate and not worry about tomorrow. Number two, area of fear, because of our time very quickly. Fear, what's the number one area that we fear and what do we need to do? Fear of what we are seeing, isn't it? And what do we need to do? Manage and control the fear and set your eyes on God. Number two, fear of what, fear of what we are imagining. And usually this is an offshoot of the first one. Fear of what we are imagining. So usually an offshoot of the first one. You have seen it. Um, things are tight, you know, health is whatever, spiritual life is all over, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you begin to imagine more than you are seeing. You know, uh, a person that has a simple headache and has an appointment in the hospital, says it's been long for so, it's been there for so long, the doctor says come and see me in three days and your appointment is running close. And I think wait, the sister had testified of something like that before. Then you went online. And since online is not a doctor, they will tell you, we call it differential diagnosis. And the first one you saw there, they said it could be a glioblastoma. Number one, it took you so long to pronounce the word. Then eventually when you pronounced it, you then started reading what a glioblastoma is. <laughs> and the first word that they say is one of the most aggressive brain cancer. And it is nothing more than you needed extra sleep so that your headache will go away. That has now entered to the realm of imagination. Are you there with me? Are you there with me? Many have imagined that they will put chains in their hands for the debt they are owning. Very, very unlikely. Ah, God will pay your debt. Very unlikely in this country, in most parts of the world. And I do know people that hold money. Come on, I do know. I'm not talking about mortgage. I mean, money. And many of them, they wake up, they just shrug like that and go, one day to be paid. And you, you are owing 100 pounds. You have imagined how the bailiff will come, put you in chain. You have, you have studied how the British jail is. And they told you that um, the worst one to go is Pentoville in London. But the one they moved from Madrid to Peterhead is now. And oh, I beg you. That is imagination. Is it real or not? People imagine things. People imagine things. They say they are doing retrenchment at work. They've done retrenchment before. And after a job, another job comes. Doesn't it? And now you now imagine that after this one, nobody will ever hire again. Oh, how did you arrive at that? 
The imagination of human beings is very, very fertile. I hope you know. If we can use it for good, how good and well our lives will be. Oh, we can imagine things. And that is what set us apart from every other creature. Hallelujah. And this second one I said, being a byproduct of the first one, what we need to do to remedy it is very close to what I told you in the first one, which is again substitution. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And wherever you are, you will read that with me and we will confess it and it shall be true in our lives. Can I hear your amen unto that one? <laughs> Hallelujah. Finally, somebody say finally. Brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, being in jail is not lovely. Thinking that sickness with is not lovely. Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on this. The New Living Translation, please. And we confess that one before we go on. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Somebody say one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Amen? Fix your trust, trust your thoughts on what is honorable, on what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things, about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we confess that together and say in the name of Jesus. I will fix my thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right. I will fix my thoughts on what is pure, what is lovely, and what is admirable. I will think about these things all the time. They are excellent and they are worthy of praise. In the name of Jesus, that word shall overtake you shall be true in your life all the days that you live in Jesus' name. So we've mentioned two types of fear or two kinds of fear that God said he would take away from us so that we can enter into our fulfillment just as he helped Joshua to enter in. was the first one that said we must get over fear of what we are seeing. Number two, fear of what we imagine. Number three, fear that is imposed on a person. Is you are not seeing it, you are not imagining it, it's just been imposed on you. This is also a progression of the previous category because we leave room for that to happen. And I will explain in a moment. When a person is full of fear, it starts to produce some signals that he's afraid. And, and, and let, let me explain this one. Give me a, a little bit of time. Do you know that a fearful person, they leave some trails for predators to catch them. Let me talk of human beings first. It's been proven in animals anyway. So the first thing a lion will do to catch the prey, it will roar. You think the roar will make the animals to run away? No, 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 no. He knows what he's doing. When he roars, it will create fear in the animal. And when the animal is fearful, it will be incapacitated. And so fear is a potent weapon in the hand of the enemy. So the first thing that also in the spiritual and in the physical, that you must not project fear. Politicians use that a lot. And that's why they overuse it and they get into trouble. 
It's a good psychology. Never ever project fear. Some of you have heard stories about you before that you have been projecting fear. Before I go into the spiritual at all, in the physical, when you are afraid, there are some changes that are seen over you that people that are evil, not necessarily demonic, but they are just bad people, bad people outside there, they can sense when you are afraid and they will latch out onto you. It might be in the workplace. Don't ever, 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 ever leave room for those that want to finish you to sense that you are afraid. That's why you must not cry before them, girls and ladies. Don't. It never works. And I've had a story before. Oh, sorry. Please. But in fact, you, 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 you empower them more. Never give anybody the privilege or the comfort of seeing you being fearful. Whenever you are going for an interview, whenever you are going for a, 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 a what do you call them, a, a, a supervision, a supervision in the office or, or whatever they do, never ever project fear. Physically, it must not show. Do you also know, apart from physically, that we release what is called pheromones when we are afraid? Yeah. People can smell fear. They may not know what they are smelling, but they can know that this one is, is easy meat. <laughs> so, all you do, um, there are, that's a particular article I spent time even reading, is in the medical magazine, um, you know, it's, it's a journal called uh, The Scientist. A well done article in 2008, they did a study. And they, they use parts to check what people are emanating from their armpit, which is the commonest place where we release, um, I think there are acrim um, glands there, they release thick. Um, anyway, they, they, they don't let me take you down that route. Long and short of it is that when we release this fear and people that are adept, adept rather, in knowing it, they seize upon it and they pile on, they pile on, they pile on. On the contrary, if you emanate confidence, they back off. From today, fear shall not be imposed on you anymore. In the name of Jesus. But above all, in the spiritual realm, demons, they are only looking for people that are afraid. Jesus Christ, before he does miracle, you remember when he was still going to the house of um, the, which of them now? Is it Jairus' daughter or so? Yes, and I just finished healing um, the woman with issue of blood, you remember? And then they, they say a messenger came from the house of Jairus and said, don't bother the master, the child is what? Dead. Jesus turned unto him. Before the man did anything, well, the Lord being the Lord, he knew definitely that this man was already emanating fear. He probably perceived, definitely not probably, definitely perceived in the spirit. And he, being full man and full boy, probably perceived, looking at him, probably perceived the pheromone coming from me. He said, do not be afraid. Don't let believe. Because if you're afraid, we're not going to get this thing done. Ha. That was the master himself, not a pastor praying for you. Jesus in person with the full anointing. The Bible says, upon him, the spirit has been given without measure. He could immediately recognize that fear will stop a person. We shall fear no more. Shall fear no more. If there's someone that can say, kiss her, I say, it doesn't matter. Let him fear my anointing will take care of it. Jesus can say it. If any pastor wants to tell you, any bishop wants to tell you, any whoever wants to tell you, I say, it's okay, you'll keep your fear. We'll find a way around it. No, 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 no. The one on whom the anointing has been given without measure, he said, man, you can't afford to fear. <laughs> you can't afford to fear. You can't. Because this may stop what is going to happen. Oh, God, deliver us. Deliver us. Just deliver us. And let no predator have our hold over our lives. Take us higher and higher. I'm trusting God that this morning, and it's a strange 
topic, to be honest with you, when I believe I prayed, you know, it's been given to me quite a few days back. Uh, I said, Thanksgiving, so I would have loved something more exciting and whatever. And God, in his kindness, I, I hope you are aware that we tread carefully as well as men, as ministers of God. We tread carefully. We, we check, Lord, which way is it? And, and that was very gratifying when Betty came up and just, you know, gave us that last and I said, yes, this is the message for this moment. How many of you believe this is a message for you now? How many of you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it is settled in the name of Jesus. Fear has been taken away from us. So I'm giving you the remedy already. Don't give the control of your life to anyone. Amen? Don't give the... And let me, let me close on this one. There's something that is called herd mentality. H-E-R-D. Herd mentality. Do you know that is very real? Herd mentality. Does anybody want to know what herd mentality is? That is when all of us, we move like herd. Huh? It's very real, everybody. It's very real. It's common in the church. It's common in politics. It's common in families. Nobody wants to break rank. All of us, we are subject to peer pressure. I hope you know that. It's everybody in the family that are going this way. So you must go like that. Who, who wants to be said that you are not cast? But one of the reasons, if I turn to Proverbs 29, verse 25 for me. Let me, let, let me close on that one. Proverbs 29, 25. It's one of the greatest. He who is of uh, 29, 25. You almost made me doubt what I was quoting. 29. Thank you. Shall we read that together? One, two, go, please. Wherever you are. The fear of man does what? The fear of man does what? And one of the commonest ways we show the fear of man is that we all want to move in lockstep. We all want to move in lockstep. I like it if people dissent with me with reason. Then that makes our group very safe. Uh, many groups are working with us, church reopening, and there's a lot of wonderful. They say, Pastor, this is the way we think we should go. I say, fine, give me your reasons. There was a time that... <laughs> Uh, what we're doing, by what we're, what we're trying to do is that we are breaking the evil grip of what is called the herd mentality. Because once it, the first place it is perfected is in homes or in communities like churches where there's an exceedingly um, great amount of trust. Because you trust the leadership, whatever they say goes. But you can then make people to also carry that into politics. I was reading some things online where people in politics, even dissenting with their group, they are afraid. They know it's wrong. They're writing comments about it. And one was apologizing for dissenting with the group. And I read a lot of books and during this lockdown about what is called um, you know, the grip of authoritarianism, all sorts of things. And it's all over the world. So you can get to a point in which people don't have their independence thought anymore. Make your home like that. My wife was you know, sharing, I think sharing somewhere. He said, Look, I, I, I didn't grow up like that. And I'm still a long way off. I was sharing with a group, I think it was a meeting that they had online or whatever issue was, saying how we have grown to the extent that I can now listen to the children. I mean, where we, she, she gave a good example when she was raised. The two younger, the two older ones. Uh, it's the, the, the question is always, um, uh, Mom, why can't? Why, uh, uh, huh? why not? Yes. Maybe he said, um, you can't have um, chocolate now. Uh, he said, why? He said, why not? Uh -huh. He said, why? Why not? You, you, is that familiar sound, most of you? A very familiar sound. Why? Why not? 
And mom devised an answer for them. He said, that's why. But because they were very young, they were taking, that's why. But I think the example she gave was that then as time was going by, there was one that came that did say, that's why. <laughs> he said, that's why what? <laughs> and so then I learned. I'm telling you how to break hard mentality. It's a major problem in the world now. And in, my, in churches, and why, that's why people go to churches, that things are not, not, nobody talks. They've been led into something very bad, not good. I can pride ourselves in that. If you have anything by the special grace of God that you think we need, I will listen to you. People, how many times have people have, uh, uh, approached that Jew? Well, everybody is taking only communion in the morning. Why can't I? The man, I mean, I'm aware of that. Not five, not six misses, through the years. Because we all been under this pressure. Every other church, they take only communion in the morning. What is our own? Are we the only Christians? Man, we listen. When I was saying, well, we haven't told you before. He said, I've been asking you, just show me one place in the Bible where they take you to the money. He said, that's why they call it the Lord's, not the Lord's. Uh, and our people, we see, go, we see the side, the side, the side. The old man will come, I want to hear down the road. He said, Daddy, ah, ah, yes, no. He said, I said, I'm not saying you should not take it. Just tell me. You know what that is doing? It's breaking the hard mentality. And it's making people not to be afraid or fearful. Uh, I do get occasional pushback from my folks, especially those that work closely with me in the office, that times when they will, they will bring cases, they, they know they can tell me anything. And, and that's why some of, early, most of them now, they are very careful. I hope so, before they bring things, because they know this man will push back lovingly. So you better get your case right. If you don't, you will go with, I won't shout on you. I shuffled and mom back at home raising children. She will be going on. And this, and just go. When I was growing up, nobody said, I said, leave there, mom. You say, argue. Come and argue with me. When I'm wrong, I will say I'm wrong. But God help you. When I have my facts right, we're going to do my facts. Amen? You will not fear men. I said, we shall not fear men. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's start getting ready to go home. Have you getting something, gotten something from this today? Fear is broken in our lives. We are children of God, made to rise over and above fear. God has delivered us from fear in time past. He will continue to deliver us in Jesus' name. Let's make this confession together. If you can rise up, that would be wonderful. Remember, I kept referencing child of God, child of God. If not a child of God, you need to become one. All right? And it's very, very, it's very... <coughs> Being a child of God is a witness in your heart. It's a witness in your heart. Of course, evidence will need to be there. You need to know that's a previous life and that's a new life. <clears throat> by this shall we know. They that are, you know, he said, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples. Yes. If you love one another. So the first thing that you will see when a person has become a new creature is that you start being more loving. You are not mean. Meanness is reducing. Let's call it that way. It takes a long time. It depends on where you start on the meanness stage. It starts going down. Amen. So if you have not taken that decision, take that decision today. Amen? But if you are taking that decision, we will go together and make this declaration the next one or two minutes and then we will start rounding up for this morning um, service. Amen? Anyone, Lord, that is yielding their hearts unto you now, accept them, Lord. Give them a new beginning. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Psalms 46, verses 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Amen. Therefore, we will not fear. 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 That's our prayer in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare, because God is our refuge, therefore, we will not fear. In the name of Jesus. You can spend a moment or two, internalize that. You can say it unto yourself. Just, just believe it, believe it. The word of God is true. The psalmist who went through so many up and ups and ups and downs, and anyone could say, God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, we will not fear. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. So you will now take the second one finally, and I'll pray briefly for Psalms 118. Psalms 118, verse 6. It said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The first one is that we will not fear. The second one is that I will not fear. So you will decree in the name of Jesus, I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear anyone. I will respect them. I will honor them. But fear is not in my dictionary. Whoever they are, maybe parental figure, maybe, 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 maybe spousal relationship, maybe parental, you know, child, parent, maybe, maybe siblings. I will not fear. Maybe in employee, employer relationship. I will not fear. Fear is banished from my life. And I'm rising to the level the Lord has called me. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Eternal Rock of Ages, we thank you. The Lord who hears when we call. You are starting this morning for us, dealing with one thing the enemy is planning to use against us. But today, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, we will not fear. In the name of Jesus, I will not fear. Your children will go forth in the name that's above all names and walk on our high places. Every ganging from the pit of hell shall not stand. Every evil agenda shall be brought to nothing. God shall be glorified. And I pray, Lord, we will have the confidence to stand and stand tall. Sometimes stand alone, knowing you are with us. None of us shall be longed or gathered into where we don't want to go in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you honor and praise. And prophesy over somebody as you go into this week. You are facing a major challenge and it's like, I don't know how we go through it. By the power in the name of Jesus, I decree over you, you will go through it. Fear will not have the better of you. And Jesus shall be glorified in your life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus, marvelous name we pray. Hallelujah. I don't need to talk much to you. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.